0: hey friends welcome to yyz podcast my name is melissa and i will be your host as we talk all things toronto the weather outside is frightful i'm personally feeling offended and i just i don't know why every year the weather has to do this like i'm just confused and so on that note i believe it's just best to start before i get back into bed This week, a Pitchfork article had pretty much all of Toronto in its feelings and with good reason because the article is, well, on Twitter where I first saw it, it had the headline, Drake's Toronto. First of all, who's Toronto? Because, okay. Second of all, Drake's Toronto has become a melting pot for Caribbean culture. I don't know where to begin uh, with this breakdown. First of all, become according to who? this is, this is not last week, this is not last month, this is not since More Life came out that all of a sudden Caribbean culture has been a mainstay of Toronto culture. And I don't necessarily expect American publications to really, like, put respect on Toronto's name as far as understanding the cultural makeup and how distinct it is. But at the same time, that was a real, real diss to A, the contributions of so many people who have historically fought and gone into spaces where a Caribbean culture has been dismissed or just not ever been respected for being integral to street culture to arts music culture that it is in the way that it is and has been for ages so for them to come in and basically give Drake this cosign a man who's not even Caribbean first of all and then to just basically be so lazy about it and so blatant, like it's clear that you've done no research. But also, it this is kind of a classic case of things not getting put on until someone cosigns it, even though people have been doing the work forever. So, just because Drake says ting and uses a couple Patois phrases or phrases that are influenced by Patois and common in Toronto culture, then all of a sudden it's A, Drake Toronto, false, and B, becoming? Becoming where? It's just, I feel my blood boiling as someone who is of caribbean descent of jamaican descent like it's just frustrating to see like honestly it brings me back to the days of school when there's one time where i'm pretty sure i had curry goat and i brought it to school and obviously my school was not it was not diverse let's just say that in elementary school and people are looking at me talking about what is that like that's weird and now you're going to your favorite restaurant and the curry goat's done off because now it's popular or I remember even my father telling me that growing up when they used to go to the butcher oxtail they used to throw it out because it wasn't a desirable cut so a lot of Jamaican people used to be able to get oxtail for cheap or for free because it wasn't a cut that was uh, popular with many non Jamaican or non ethnic people and now you go on menus and oxtails everywhere and it's frustrating for everything that's happening in Toronto I understand that it's easy identification but for everything that's happening in Toronto and for the people who've been and continue to do the work it's frustrating that there's so much erasure especially for someone who only picks and chooses it's not like there was a lot of Patwa influence or a lot of that same influence really throughout his music from the jump which to some extent then I feel like would have felt more authentic, but just because it became very prevalent in this last um, mixtape or whatever it is he's calling it playlist, it feels a little disingenuous and it also just feels like a slap in the face for people to reduce all of Toronto and all of the things that are being done to one non-Caribbean man named Jersey, so... That's not to take away from anything. There are tracks on More Life, of course, that still, like, bang when you go out. And as a Toronto person, most of us have a love-hate or a love-love, I don't know, relationship with Drake. But that article was pure foolishness and I was not, was not feeling that. Okay, switching gears a little bit. As much as Toronto is great It's not always the center of the universe Contrary to popular belief of some people Um So I grew up in Saga and growing up in Saga, what do you do when you're a teen, and you're trying to get out of the house? You go to the mall, like, you chill at the mall, you walk around the mall, you try to look cute. All that to say, the mall was a big part of the Saga experience as a teen, and possibly as a young adult if you're about that life, but personally, I'm not. Anyways, all that to say, a bit of news from Mississauga. Mississauga is now looking to change what's really going on as far as malls being the center of the community. It's very well known that in the suburbs, pretty much, if you don't drive, you're gonna have a bad time. And this is coming from someone who drove but didn't have a car so you're always relying on people or you know if I was taking my parents car I had to be doing 7011 errands so I could get the car but I had to pick up this and this that and the other whatever I guess it's still first world problems but still all that to say Mississauga is introducing a new strategy that would see the redevelopment of malls to include possibly more affordable housing and increase the density. Because, as most people know, Square One is basically downtown Mississauga. It's kind of whack to think that a city is built around a mall, but just because of how it was developed, that's literally how it works. So the center of Mississauga is Square One. That's it. And now they're trying to build up and put condos and what have you around it. But at the same time, if you really think what type of experience of a city does it create when you don't have a really a young street or something like that, all you have is a big I mean, good for Mississauga for trying to initiate this work. They're doing a study called Reimagining the Malls to improve the communities and make it more mixed use, so residential as well as retail and more pedestrian friendly, because really, like, if you don't have a car, the struggle is real. So I guess this might be the future, and all the malls are trying to bougie themselves up. Yorkdale's mad bougie now. Sherway is bougie. Even Square One is introducing all of these bougie elements, so it'll be interesting to see what they're really trying to do because if you're trying to make it pedestrian-friendly and more accessible to people, but the stores themselves are not necessarily the stores that make people want to hang around, it'll just be interesting to see how those two interests can be balanced. But at the same time, unfortunately or fortunately, the way of the game in Canada and Toronto at least is you kind of have to say... Who knows if it's going to be good, but something is better than nothing to a degree. So, I mean, shout out to them for trying to make moves and reimagine what mall spaces can be. So every now and again, I like to do a little segment we call Fam, which basically focuses on things, people, places in the city that just really deserve a serious side eye and this week's na fam is dedicated to dr kitty aka Jing Yi wang who is a 19 year old student accused of doing plastic surgery out of her toronto basement illegally and with no plastic surgery license in case that wasn't clear from the fact that she does it out of her basement but you know listen i get it the rent prices are high everyone's trying to have a side hustle but i just don't know if my go-to would have been giving out illegal plastic surgery, in one sense, it's almost like, you gotta, no, you can't admire it, but at the same time, it's just so left field that I feel like, I, like, I just don't, I don't know what to say. The thing is, Dr. Kitty, her career has caught up with her because she has now been charged with aggravated assault and faces the prospect of being deported, which would, get this, cancel her dreams of be of attending university in Canada like I'm just gonna be real sis if you wanted to attend university I don't think the way to start is to moonlight as a fake plastic surgeon in your basement the sympathy card I don't I don't have it like we don't we're not gonna do it so good luck to Dr. Kitty basically I don't even know if this warning needs to be made but at the same time if you were considering plastic surgery out of someone's basement let this hopefully serve as an intervention so that you will not consider it Last night, I went to an event by um, a department of the city, as well as BAND, which stands for Black Artist Network Dialogue. And it was a panel featuring basically upcoming... Toronto artist and um also a promoter so it was Sean Leon, Claremont II and Aaron Ashley and it was co-hosted by Cardi and Dalton Higgins. Being in attendance I was there with my friend and it's crazy because I think so many times everyone thinks certain things about how their maybe their life or what they're trying to do or their art or their craft is progressing but it's not until you hear other people talking about it that you realize that it's both comforting and almost disheartening how many people are saying the same thing about the Toronto scene and even people from different generations are still saying the same things about Toronto and in essence Sean Leon was making a lot of really great points and really just essentially saying that he has really trying to take up the mandate of putting on for the city and trying to make it out of Toronto without leaving Toronto. But the irony of trying to do that is that it's actually really hard or really impossible to do that without stepping back from Toronto. And Cardi, in essence, was saying that the problem with Toronto, and I think this is something that pretty much everyone knows, is it's a strange phenomenon in, I don't know about Canada, but in Toronto specifically, is that it's almost as that we here won't cosign someone until they're co-signed elsewhere versus other places their hometown will give them the cosign and then they proceed elsewhere but in Canada I don't know if it's just because we're so used to being in the shadow of the U.S. that it's common for us to not believe our own hype in a sense or not trust it but it's it's been very much the case that you have to blow up somewhere else for you to blow up here, but the Toronto cosign is never enough for then, you know, your show might not sell out until it sells out somewhere else or you get buzz from an international or US publication like Pitchfork, for example. And Erin Ashley, who is on the panel as well, really brought up a good point about just the lack of infrastructure that is here, you know, At the end of the day, you can grind and grind and grind on your own and with your people. But if there's not funding, if there's not infrastructure, if there's not venues, if there's not that local hype machine, if there's not that media that is really invested in collectively putting this stuff forward and willing to co-sign these artists and the people who are really working, then it's just always going to be the same cycle. And Claremont and Sean really made a good point about the fact that it people make it seem like if one person pops off that there's going to be a lot of trickle down. But yeah, Drake has popped off and the OVO crew has popped off, but where does that actually leave the rest of the people who are still doing Toronto music and Toronto arts day in and day out? It's very difficult to see that on the ground level, good on the high level. like Sure, when you travel, people associate Toronto with Drake, but what does that mean for the rest of our artists here who aren't Drake and who are equally if not maybe more talented so as per usual when you attend things like this or when you hear these kind of thoughts like i said it's comforting to know that everyone's thinking the same thing it's also sad to know that everyone's thinking the same thing and as per usual you generally leave with more questions than answers but at the same time having these talks like i always say it's better to have these talks than to not have these talks so it was informative it was eye opening. And it was just a fun event. It was a good event. And, you know, band is a great space. It's specifically dedicated to Black artists. And I think there really is a need for that type of permanent space. And it was just great to see so many people who were interested in the culture all in one room. So just overall a good night, a good event, and just exciting to see how many people are really trying to Put on for Toronto and hopefully not get burnt out by how hard it can be sometimes in the city. The temperatures are not the only thing that are is cold here sometimes but you know people are trying. Okay so to be quite honest Ben's not hot and do not have the Ox chord music prepared but promise to bring that hot fire next week. In the meantime, you can take this opportunity to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. You can also follow the show on Twitter at YYZ Podcast. If you want to be on the show, you have suggestions, comments, questions, free food, you can send me an email at YYZ Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Facebook and yeah, that's, that's that's all I got. Trying to keep the spirits up while this weather is bringing me down because it gets dark before it's even dinner time. So on that note, podcast music by Simbo. Follow him on SoundCloud. Peace.